Brought to you by Dubois Productions. Hello and welcome back to NO and JB Sports Pedigree. We are here to provide some insight on a wide variety of sports topics. NBA to UEFA Champions League, NCAA hoops, NFL, baseball. Shoot, who knows where we're going to go. Uh, our goal is not only to give you some perspective and real honest opinion, but we're definitely going to have some fun while doing it. We certainly hope you do too. So let's not waste any more time. Dig right in. I, I'm JB. And I am the one and only N.O. One and only. Hey, guys, before we get started, make sure you check out our new TikTok channel, N.O. and JB Sports Pedigree. We are on there. we got a new channel on uh, Instagram as well. Yes, sir. Uh, so we appreciate the love. All right. What we got today, N.O.? Where are we going? JB, we're going to kick it off with top five quarterbacks of all time. And Ooh. We're, we're not talking about one-year, two-year wonders or QBs who played on great teams. We're talking about QBs who withstood the test of time. When I look mm-hmm. at a QB, right, when I look at a top-level quarterback, I'm looking for consistency in being accurate. I'm looking at poise under pressure. I'm looking at QBs who are willing to stand in the pocket and give their body up to throw an accurate pass. And they understand Mm. a lot of things about football. A top-notch QB has to understand the progression of reads against given defenses and simply be able to read a defense, JB. Yeah, and you got to know what everybody else on the field is supposed to be doing, right? Yes, Um, absolutely. And for those of you who don't know, Eno's Eno's quarterback – the level that he has for them, um, you know, I'm excited to hear hear his top five, oh, yes. uh, especially as a former professional player. So, that's right, that's right. So, how so do we want to do this? Sorry, go ahead. We'll just go back and forth. Okay, I'll go. I'll I'll start off with my number five. You'll say yours, and we'll get down to number one. Let's do it. My number five QB of all time, JB, is none other than Dan Marino. Hmm. Under Dan, known for his quick release, his cannon arm, he was extremely durable in the years that he played. 61,631 yards, and is number seven all time, and he's seventh in passing touchdowns with 420. His second year in the NFL, that was weirdly his peak year. Yep. From a lot of different perspectives. He had a 5,000-yard season, 48 TDs, 17 interceptions, and... He made the Super Bowl that year. That was his one Super Bowl appearance. Yep. Ahead of his time with some of those stats right there, too. Was. He made the playoffs 10 out of 17 seasons. And they ran into the 49ers in that Super Bowl, by the way. They weren't winning that. He was a nine-time Pro Bowler. And he was first-team All-Pro three different times, which... Mm. That's that's top-notch right there, man. I I loved watching Dan Marino, even though... He played against my Indianapolis Colts a lot, you know, in my early years of watching football, his last few years in the NFL. Dan Marino is my number five QB all time, JB. Much love. Much love to Dan. That quick release. I mean, he mm-hmm. could uh, just get rid of the ball. Yes, sir. My number five QB of all time, recently retired and former Purdue Boilermaker, Drew Brees. Hey, Drew Brees. <clears throat> Drew Brees has one Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP that year. He is second all time in passing yards and touchdowns. He led the league in passing seven times, led the league in completion percentage six times, and led the league in touchdown passes four times. He has four seasons of over 5,000 yards passing, and nobody else has more than two. 
accuracy, 67.7% completion percentage all time. Mm -hmm. And his touchdown rating, which is something a bit further into the numbers, which is a percentage of passes for touchdowns is 5.4%. Pretty doggone high. Um, You know, Drew Brees for me, this list, um, a lot of these that we do for the NFL for me are going to be very challenging. Um, I easily, I went back and forth on this a lot. Uh, Easily could have had him even higher, Um, but Drew Brees uh, is my number five. Yeah, your number five, JB, is actually my number four QB of all time. Mm. I got Drew Mm. Brees at number four. You know, even though he barely stood 6'1", he was a top-notch pocket-passing quarterback. He's really, you think about it, an exception to the rule that says a QB has to be a tall and rangy guy, right? Super Bowl MVP completed 32 of 39 passes in a comeback victory against my Indianapolis Colts. 11-time Pro Bowler. Led the NFL in completion percentage six six different times. Mm -hmm. He was as unshakable as they come under pressure. And he was also a great vocal leader. Obviously, those are things to add on to what you already said about Drew Brees. That's my number four QB of all time, JB. Yeah, it's funny. The Dolphins had a chance to get him as well. Man. Um, So my number four, I'm sorry. They messed that up. Yeah, they sure did. And the San Diego Diego Chargers really messed it up. Oh, yes, they sure did. Um, Well, my number four is uh, currently still playing Aaron Rodgers. Now, um, you know, some may argue that uh, he potentially might have, based on his talent, which is unquestioned, maybe should have got more rings so far but he's not done he's still playing he's already fifth all time in touchdowns uh his touchdown to interception ratio 4.6 is the best ever that is twice the rate of drew Brees, who some people consider to be the most accurate quarterback ever so you talk about accuracy aaron Rodgers is doesn't turn the ball over and he's widely known as a gunslinger so for somebody to be that have that much arm talent and still protect the ball. Um, it's a wonder that he hasn't won more. Uh, he's led the league in QB rating four times, um, interception rating six times, career 65.3 completion percentage. He's also wow. an excellent runner, um, can scramble, and his 6.3 touchdown percentage is the highest on my list. There you go. So Aaron Rodgers, uh, certainly for me a chance even to move up higher, currently number four on my list. Solid QB. Uh, he actually didn't make my list. Uh, I had a he feeling. Is, he is a very he's a he's a solid QB. But you know you may you may be a little surprised. <laughs> you may be a little surprised about my number three QB of all time. I don't time. think I don't think I'm gonna be. It's Russell Wilson. Oh, I am. Okay, all it's right. All, it's all eye test for me with my number three QB of all time. Five eleven pocket passer. Yes, five eleven. Mm-hmm. Not tall. Incredibly mobile QB. I love Russell Wilson's game, JB. Um, has the record for the too. most wins through nine seasons. Career passing rating over 100. I think he's one of four QBs with a career passing rating over 100. Should have two Super Bowl wins. Only has one. We all know what happened mm-hmm. in the other one. Mm-hmm. Down by the goal line. Yep. Give the you ball. Know, but, Give the ball to Marshawn. Absolutely. But, but just like Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson still has a chance to write the rest of his story. He does. He's an incredible QB, JB. Uh, comebacks, 
off the charts mm-hmm. and he never seems flustered and quite honestly if I had Colts GM Chris Ballard's cell phone number he might have me blocked right now that's all I gotta say about that <laughs> I give up you, you saying you trade a team for Russell or, or close to it right I'd, I'd give um, up almost anything for Russell Wilson yes man, I like it I like the outside the box I was not expecting that um, but you know I like giving him love especially because the guy hasn't even gotten an MVP vote I'm fine with you. How has I, he never gotten an MVP vote? How? I, I don't understand. So that's awesome. All it's right. a popularity contest. He's not it out is. there. He's not out there all flamboyant and stuff. He's just a quiet guy. Does yep. his thing. You're right. Well, he's not on my list, but, you know, he's certainly one of my favorites. Uh, my no number doubt. three no is actually uh, Joe Montana. Okay. Uh, first thing you think about when, when I think about Joe is breaking the Bengals fans' hearts a couple of times, but... Uh, he was 4-0 in Super Bowl, so he's a winner, obviously. Uh, maybe we put too much of that on the quarterback, um, but uh, he is the second-best winning percentage of all time at 117-47 wow. in the regular season, and he's 16-7 and in the playoffs. Mm. Second all-time in postseason touchdowns. Wow. Uh, 40 more yards per game passing in the playoffs versus Goodness the regular gracious. season, so he only gets better in crunch time ridiculously accurate tough athletic he led the league in completion percentage five times 63.2 career completion percentage which at the time when he played guys weren't throwing over 60 percent it was rare That's right. That's um, right. And did you know maybe kind of just a icing on the cake here but doesn't necessarily affect his uh results but do you know joe montana had a 40 inch vertical Joe Montana, played, uh, the athlete, baller. Yeah, he played uh, – he could run, man. He's an excellent scrambler. Actually played um, a little college hoops at Notre Dame. But uh, his TD percentage, 5.1%. Um, a little bit lower. West Coast offense, you know, a lot more checkdowns. But uh, certainly benefited from maybe the best receiver ever. We'll see when we get to that list. Uh, but Joe was a winner, and I couldn't leave him off my list. Yeah, no doubt. I love the variety in our list so far, but I have mm-hmm. a feeling number two and number one, we're going to have the same two. Who knows if we have them in the same order? I think so. You know? yeah, Obviously, maybe. we know who number two and number one is, people. Right. Obviously, if your argument with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning is centered around rings, then Tom Brady's number one. He's played longer than Peyton as well, so he's been able to overtake him in certain longevity-based Statistical categories, right? Such as all-time passing yards, passing TDs, and, and when we but when we look more individually, when we look more individually, Manning's peak performance, in my opinion, you can't compare Tom Brady to his. We got to remember, people: teams win championships, not quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning had seven first-team All-Pros to Tom Brady's three. That insinuates he was the best QB in the league seven different seasons. But the stat I want to focus on the most is that Peyton Manning always carried a heavier load because the Colts' defenses, coaching-wise and statistically, did not compare to Tom Brady's defenses in the Colts versus Pats days. It's kind of what I'm focusing on, obviously. He had the Pats Broncos, but I'm focusing more on the Colts and Pats days. You know, during their years of head-to-head matchups, the Pats were number one in points allowed versus the Colts being ranked number 20 
Mm. Picture the old New England defenses with the Colts offense, right? Yeah. You know, also, Tom Brady is generally considered to have the better old line as well over the course of his career. So, keep it short and sweet. In conclusion, the eye test, as well as some statistics, tell me that Peyton Manning, from a running the entire offense perspective, calling audibles, and fully understanding defensive schemes, often up basically anyone and seemingly always getting the Colts in the right offensive play. We're talking somebody who had five NFL MVP awards. Tom Brady had three, by the way. I'm taking Mr. Indianapolis Colt in the <laughs> best QB of all time, Peyton Manning. And all right. That's my decision. What you got, JB? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can't really argue. You know, for me, it's, it's similar to how you discussed um, MJ and Kobe uh-huh. in your – top shooting guards or top players even in basketball all time. Um, I'm looking at 1A and 1B and, um, you know, a lot of the things you said, uh, his most MVPs, the all pros, most fourth quarter comeback wins ever. Actually has one more than Brady, so Brady will probably pass it. Um, Got a slightly better completion percentage. Um, His QB rating, he led the league three times, led the league four times in TDs and three times in yards. Obviously, the two rings and the record for touchdowns in the season. Um, you know, you can't, it's hard to argue that he isn't the best. Only reason I'm going with Brady is there is something to be said, I think, for longevity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not the, I'm not. It's not like I'm a huge Brady fan, but I, I respect him and uh, just the way he, the competitor that he is. Um, and and I do remember some teams. Granted, I feel like he's always had. A great defense or a good defense and a defensive-minded coach which has certainly helped him but there's been some years when he hasn't had a whole lot of talent around him offensively mm-hmm. um, where he's really had to carry the, the the load on that and I think ultimately probably why he's no longer in New England um, so as everybody's aware seven rings five Super Bowl MVPs um, most touchdowns and yards all time he's played in more Super Bowls than he hasn't if that makes sense. So yeah. he's played in 10 Super Bowls and not played in eight whenever he's been healthy, which is pretty crazy. Um, again, 42 fourth quarter comebacks for him. Uh, led the league in yardage four times, touchdowns five times. Um, so they're very close. And, uh, you know, again, the longevity piece is probably the you know, I could argue for either. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just leave it at that. They're both amazing. I got Peyton two, Brady one. You've got the opposite, but uh, I don't think you can go wrong either way. No doubt, no doubt. I can't argue with you at all. I will say in terms of talent on the offensive side of the football, a lot of people will say Peyton Manning made a lot of his offensive players. For example, there was this guy named Brandon Stokely one year. Yeah, yeah. That nobody that nobody ever heard of again. Yeah, he had. 1,200 yards receiving for the Indianapolis Colts. He did. He did. I see. You know. How many, I mean, I don't know this off the top of my head. Obviously, Brady had Moss for what, two years? A couple years. Wes Welker for a lot of years. Yeah. Wes Welker. Yeah. Is, is Welker a Hall of Famer, though? You know? I don't know. Maybe. You know, those slot receivers in that offense, Julian Edelman, man. Yeah, Rob Gron- that's Rob true. Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski's going Grout- to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. You could. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, man. But... You know, that's we could go stuff. back and forth on that all day, man. That's a that's a great conversation to talk about. And we definitely love to hear the feedback about that convo. Yep. Let's hear it. JB, what we got next? Well, it's hard to follow that. You know, that's fun. Um, we're going to bring back Coaching Tree Cred. 
Okay. Uh, I think the only way to follow up some legendary talk is to bring up some more legendary uh, information here. Um, would you like to go first? Essentially, we're going to talk about a coach and discuss uh, other coaches that have coached under them that they've impacted and influenced along the way throughout the years. No doubt. I'll jump it off, JB. Okay. And you, my coach was actually a quarterback. Not top five all time, but I liked him because he played for my Indianapolis Colts. I'm talking about Jim Harbaugh. Oh, okay. And these these coaches on his coaching tree are typically out of his Stanford days, his Stanford coaching tree. And okay. you're going to see why and how it culminates. For those of you who don't know who Jim Harbaugh is, he's the current coach of the Michigan Wolverines. Actually, took him to the college football playoffs for the first time. Um, and what was he in year five year six i should know uh, that i'll, look I'll that find up. it out keep going absolutely so let's kick this off we got willie taggart who is the head coach at florida atlantic university he was the running backs coach under jim harbaugh from 2007 to 2009 he's been the head coach of a few schools western kentucky south florida oregon and florida state while he hasn't had the greatest success he's actually a very young coach in his mid-40s so future's bright for him next we got current head coach at Stanford was the OC and wide receivers coach under Harbaugh we're talking about David Shaw has a 93 and 45 record as the head coach of Stanford I'm pretty sure he's been wow. the Stanford coach since Jim Harbaugh left very good coach wow. absolutely next we got DJ Durkin DJ Durkin got a head coaching job after coaching with that Stanford team for three years. I'm pretty sure those same three years, 07 to 09, at Maryland. And now he's the D coordinator at Texas A&M. Next, we got Scott Schaefer, who was the defensive coordinator under Harbaugh at Stanford and eventually became the head coach of Syracuse from 2013 to 2015. Finally, we have Mike Sanford, another young coach who became head coach after coaching under Jim Harbaugh now let me get to the point of choosing Jim Harbaugh JB is there okay yeah and he actually has been uh I believe last year was his seventh year seventh year at Michigan okay obviously we're talking about a guy who's been an NFL coach for the 49ers leading them to a Super Bowl appearance and mm -hmm. an NFC championship game appearance as well he's a rare coach JB who left the NFL for college that's true. And just and just won AP College Coach of the Year, by the way, leading Michigan to the college football playoffs. JB, it's time for the Indianapolis Colts to make moves Ooh. and and bring in a QB who is loved from his couple years as the Colts QB. That can come back back in the Ted March of yeah. coaching days. Excellent yeah. demeanor, toughness, the schemes. I love them, and exactly what I believe personality-wise, the Colts need as their next head coach. Colts need a little bit tougher coach. I'm not feeling how it is right now, Indianapolis. I don't like where this team's going. Let's get Jim Harbaugh in Indianapolis. Man, I like that. I, I like that. I can't argue with that either. Uh, I love the personal touch on that. I think that uh, you're right. He makes perfect sense for that team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, is it going to happen? <laughs> probably, probably not. Probably, <laughs> probably not. not. Yeah, Sad probably to not. Say, but, yeah, I like uh -huh. that a lot. Good call. All right, got, well, <clears throat> I want to discuss a, a – Hall of Famer legend, legend Larry Brown. Um, 
You know, to be honest, though, he's not the most probably widely known name out there. Um, Larry Brown is a basketball coach. He's the only coach ever to win an NBA championship and an NCAA championship. Um, he's getting up there now. I believe he is uh, 72. He 72. 1940. So he's been we'll around. We'll check that out for you to make sure you're accurate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And, and, and he is literally, as I was doing this, like I'd need the rest of the show. So I'm going to jump around here and go are through we, quickly. Are we he, talking about Larry Brown's age, JB? Yeah. He's actually 81. 81. Wow. Even more impressive because he's still coaching. Go. That's right. Um, well, what uh, what I was going to say, though, is he has – there's like 47 people on this oh list. Oh, my okay. gosh, JB. Oh, Lordy. So I'm going to try to touch on I the big names here. Should have brought my lunch pail. Right. <laughs> Sit back and relax now. I'll go quick. <laughs> All right. We're gonna, we got – I'll hit the big names. Randy Ayers um, with the 76ers. We got John Calipari. Most folks know who he is. Current mm -hmm. UK coach. How about Maurice Cheeks? Hey, um, Mo Cheeks. Former player and coach. Uh, we've got Bill Cunningham, 76ers coach. Johnny Dawkins, who's currently at UCF, coached under him. How about Alvin Gentry? Hey. Uh, well known NBA coach. Um, how about Penny Hardaway, current Memphis coach, who he is now on his staff? How interesting is that? Mm -hmm. uh, Fred Hoiberg. Former Bulls coach and Iowa State coach. Jawan Howard, current hey. Michigan coach. Lindsey Hunter. Wow, I didn't even know that one. How about that one? Tim Jankovic, current SMU coach. Dan Issel, uh, former Denver Nuggets coach. Of course, Danny Manning, who played on his Kansas team that won the national title. Um, Aaron McKee. Former temper player, player yes. Kevin Ollie, former UConn coach and player. Yeah. How about this one? How about Greg Popovich? Anybody hey. heard of Greg Popovich? Yeah. Let's go. He coached with Larry Brown, Kevin Pritchard, Trailblazers coach. How about Doc Rivers? Anybody heard of Doc Rivers? Or maybe Byron Scott, mm. um, another great NBA coach. Bill Self, current Kansas coach. Quinn Snyder, current Jazz coach. Mark Turgeon. Jerry Stackhouse. And lastly, oh, two more. I'll give you two more. Monty Williams. And lastly, Mike Woodson. Goodness gracious. And wow. there's more. So, uh, obviously, I could go into how they were all connected and what have you and where they coached together. But the the span and the reach of Larry Brown's influence, pretty, uh, pretty incredible. Maybe more so than any other college or any other basketball coach that uh, I'm aware of anyway. That's good stuff, JB. That's incredible stuff. What a, what a huge coaching tree he has. It's large. quality, high quality like, coaches too. Yeah. It's like a forest even. It really is coaching, coaching forest. <laughs> what we got next, JB? We got our personal segment. I'll go, I'll go first today. Go ahead, and it, it I'm going to make it quick. Um, okay. It's kind of, it came up in a conversation I was having with somebody somewhat recently it's a pet peeve of mine okay whenever i hear the conversation spark about pro versus college and what yeah. i mean is when we're talking about uh the alabama crimson tide could beat the jacksonville jaguars yep i'm walking Man. away if somebody if somebody brings that up i'm walking away 
Are you kidding me? I just have to put this out there. It is like that is one of the most biggest jokes. It's just a joke to me. It's okay? disrespectful. Because okay, Alabama, yeah, they're amazing, and they may have 15 NFL players on their exactly. team, maybe. But are they starting? They're rookies. Exactly. Like these guys are professionals. That right. means the worst player on the Jags roster is probably putting dudes in Bama on the dirt. Like, it's just not even close. And it's the same with any sport. And similarly, high school to college. Like, I'm not sure. Maybe you could speak to a little bit. Maybe which leap is greater. Or maybe they're similar leaps. But for me, that conversation, like, let's just put that to bed. Can we not even bring that up anymore, please? Yeah, that's crazy. You know, actually just thinking about my leap from high school football to college football, it actually wasn't very difficult just because of the mm. high school league I played in in Indianapolis, the MIC. It's ridiculous. It's like the SEC of high school football in the Midwest, okay. you know, that conference with Indianapolis, North Central High School, Warren Central, Ben Davis, Carmel, Center Grove. Obviously, it's changing nowadays, but that conference is incredible. So going into playing D2 college football, I can honestly say I was prepared and I started my freshman year as a safety in college football and I didn't even play safety in high school. I was wow. a corner I was a cornerback in high school, but by mid-season of my freshman year in college I was a starter. You know, wow. so but yeah, it's different but in pro, right? These it's guys different. are paid. It's, def it's definitely <laughs> different. I, I didn't help your argument there, but the difference no. going into pro is, is it's just outrageous. These guys are paid millions to play football. Yeah. When you when you talk and about that's what all you they do up, about 15 Alabama players may potentially make the NFL. Yeah, well, that entire 52, 53-man roster of that Jacksonville Jags, yeah, they're already there. So, And it's, it's the same for basketball. You know, no you doubt. talk about whatever, who's the worst team in the NBA right now right. going up against Duke. I mean, it, it'd be – they'd wipe, they'd wash the floor with them. They I mean, would. would be close. They would, yeah. That's a pet peeve of mine too, JB. As for my personal segment, I'm going to talk about my love for the game of dodgeball. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a game I've been playing as long as I can remember, JB, and I must kick this whole dodgeball conversation off by emphasizing my enjoyment of team dodgeball over, like, the every man for themselves, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. you know, style of game. The team camaraderie, the communication, uh, defending teammates, I've always loved that. Now, <clears throat> in terms of specific types of dodgeball games, the elimination-style game where... A teammate immediately goes down after getting hit by the opposing team, but it's imperative that you watch who got you out because you can return when that player gets out on the opposing. That's the style of game, okay? You know that I really like, or the medic doctor style of yeah, game where a player consider, you know, you know the whoever's the medic, they can revive their teammate by tapping them, but you got to defend the medic and when their ball is caught, or obviously when they get hit. Those are my two favorite types of dodgeball games. Now, in terms of what style of dodgeball player I was, I'd consider myself, and I bet you could probably guess, I was a defensive style dodgeball player. Always been the type of mindset I had. I took pride in dodging, catching throws, yep. rarely being the aggressor and trying to get the guys out on the opposing team by trying to hit them. As I got older, JB, I actually mastered the use of having a defensive ball. Yeah, when blocking block with the ball. Blocking attempts by opposing teams trying to hit me. All if I play dodgeball nowadays, I need that defensive ball. Like, it, like okay. I, I'm not getting out if I got that defensive ball. JB, we talking about three against one, four on one, five on one. I'm gonna stay alive if I have that defensive ball. 
And you know, yeah. I was always the ultimate was always the ultimate competitor, JB, in terms of awareness of my surroundings, being instinctive. So dodgeball, quite honestly, it always came easy to me. You know, if there if there was an elementary, middle school, high school dodgeball hall of fame, I'm clearly on the roster. <laughs> and I'm, I'm gonna end it out. I'm gonna end it out by saying that. Let's get a league going. You know, they Man, got we, all, they got leagues going on now. I can I can absolutely see you being a frustrating player to play against. I mean, you be you're competitive. No way. <laughs> JB, once I once I come back to the Midwest, we we jumping on a dodgeball team all together. Right. Now I'll tell you the type of dodgeball player I am. I'm that guy who walks in front of his teammate as he's throwing it and gets hit in the back of the head. <laughs> oh Lord, you wasn't that you wasn't that good, JB. Twice I had it happen twice to me. Oh, I was man. terrible. It's oh, all good. I, I'll get you. I promise you. I'll get you right. I'll get you right. All right, let's do it. Yeah, that's fun. I love it. All right, uh, we got a new segment to kick off here, don't we? What is it, JB? We're going to do sports fact or fiction. So I'm excited about this. I think it's yeah. going to be fun. Um, and you guys obviously can play along. Uh, we're going to go back and forth. We're gonna, we found some pretty obscure, fun facts about different famous athletes. And uh, we're going to lay it out there. And the other yeah, no person doubt. is going to decide whether it's fact or fiction. There you go. You want to jump it off, JB? I got about awesome. six questions. How many you got? Yeah. Yep, that's how many I got. Alrighty. Let's do this. Uh, I'll start it off. All right. Giants manager, former Giants manager, I should say, Roger Craig. Okay. He once injured his hand on a bra strap. Said that other folks thought it was pretty cool as long as it wasn't his bra. Fact or fiction? Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's fiction, JB. That's a fact. Look at Oh, up. my gosh. <laughs> oh, Lordy. What? That's yeah. A, it's going to be hard for me not to laugh. So, so I'm, I'm, try, I'm just trying to figure out why he would have a voice. Was, was he a thicker guy? Why would he have a no. brown? Well, oh, okay. I'm assuming it's his lady friend that he, you know. Oh, okay. Know, got a little. Yeah. We're going to got you. read too much into it, but that's my guess. Got you. Got you. All right, JB. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. On Bobby Bonilla Day, the New York Mets have to pay. Bobby Bonilla, $1.19 million retroactively until 2035 when he is 72 years old. Every day on July 1st, the New York Mets have to pay Bobby Bonilla a million dollars. Yeah, that's a fact. I know that's a fact. Yes, it is. You've heard about it, huh? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, Bobby, Bobby Bonilla Bo day. What, man, that, shout out to his agent. Shout yeah. out to his agent. That's Goodness brilliant. gracious. Brilliant. All right. Daryl Green, the former uh, all-pro Washington cornerback, you know, one of the fastest guys ever to play. He once ran a 100-meter dash in high school backwards and still won the race. I can believe that to be true. I'm going to say true. <laughs> That's a fiction. I made okay. that one up. <laughs> Man, he was he was a burner. I could see honestly, I could see Daryl Green and Deion Sanders doing something like that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Goodness gracious. Okay, JB, I like this. I like this segment. Okay. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. The Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns combined have more Super Bowl wins than the Indianapolis Colts. No, that's fiction. My, my bad, on, JB. I, my bad, right, JB. Man, JB, hey, JB, y'all might get one this year. Y'all might hey, get one we'll this see. year. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Wow. <laughs> okay. Speaking oh, of Cleveland man. Browns. Okay. Cleveland Brown great Jim Brown, uh, one of the best running backs ever, which we'll get to that list. 
He is also viewed by many people as the greatest lacrosse player of all time as he played in college at Syracuse. Uh, I'm gonna say true? Yeah, that's fact. Wow. Good job. That's incredible. Alrighty, here's a super random one that I found, JB. Okay. The largest bowling alley in the world is in Inazawa, Japan, as Inazawa Grand Bowl, and it has 116 lanes. What? Uh, I'm a fact. You're right. Dang I, on. <laughs> everybody and their mama is going in there bowling, and Holy and, and, cow. and 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 it's still gonna be some more lanes open. Is that close? To, that's gotta be. I imagine that's like a suburb of Tokyo or something. That's yeah, I'm a, guessing. 116. Under 16 lanes. It's mind-boggling. All right. <laughs> some of these uh, some of these are hard. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nolan Ryan. The jock strap that he wore during his record seventh no-hitter once sold at auction for $25,000. JB, I hope that's false. <laughs> it's fact. Oh yeah, my god. Somebody, somebody bought that. You imagine why you want this dude's jock strap? Yeah, that's disgusting. Well, let's it let's is. move on. Let's move on from that one pretty quickly. Okay. Okay. Michael Phelps. Olympic swimming extraordinaire. Ate only 2000 calories a day while training for the 2008 Olympics. I'm going to say fiction. You're right. He I ate bet it's like he ate 12,000 calories I was a day. Say, I bet it's like ridiculous because they're like, I mean, you, they burn so much, right? 12,000 a day, burning all them calories, yes. I wonder, if I, eat, I wonder if people eat that much in a week normally. I know, That's right? Insane. Yeah, that is. All right, this is, is a real, this is this one here is strange, like pretty crazy. So, superstar international soccer player Eden Hazard's his real legal name, his real legal first name, Eden Hazard, his real first name is Dukes of. We, we got to say false on that one, JB. Dukes, <laughs> false. Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. His name is not. <laughs> not oh, man. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. The great Muhammad Ali. One of the best boxers, entertainer, activist, philanthropist of all time, fathered nine children in his lifetime. Um, man, that's tough. I'm gonna say, I'll say fact. You are right. Wow. Nicely done, JB. Nicely nice. done. Clean sweep, I think. Got one more. Oh, okay. My last one for you here. Giannis, the Greek freak, Antetokounmpo. Okay. He has obviously he's an amazing basketball player, my number two power forward of all time. He actually has another um, a record that he set in Greece. Um, I think it was like five years ago, uh, for the most blueberries eaten in one minute at 374. I, I don't see how a fact. I don't see how something like that could be fiction. So I'm gonna say true. Uh, no, it's fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I totally made that one up. Ah, he got me on that one, man. <laughs> he got me. He got me. Okay, here we go. All right, all right. In eighth grade during track and field season, No's coach thought No 
might be good at the 800. Hey, N.O., let's run the 800. Even though N.O. ran the 4x100 relay, 4x400 relay, and did high jump. Yeah, I was short and did high jump. I used to get it in, mm. too. But N.O.'s coach also thought he should run the 800, and he ended up being very good. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a fact. It did happen. I don't know why he wanted me to run the 800, but uh, I was mad the first meet I did it in. But I, I got first I got first place a few times. I That's wasn't a inc- lot, man. I wasn't incredible. I wasn't incredible at it, but I was solid at the 800. They weren't concerned about burning you out in, like, one meet doing that many events? Wow. Nah, JB. Everybody, every, all, the, all the top guys on our team did four events. Everybody did wow. four events. Yep. So would you say 800 was the toughest? Because you're basically sprinting two laps, right? Honestly, four by four was probably a little tougher hmm. because, okay. you know, okay. in 800, there is a little bit of pacing yourself. The 400 was an all out sprint. Yeah. Okay. It was an all out sprint. That's awesome. Man, that was a, that was a fun segment. We are solid. Bring that one back. I love no it. doubt about it. No doubt about it. JB. Yes. Which sport has the best playoffs slash postseason? Man, that's a good question. Um, I think there's some that uh, I don't like. For instance, college football. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna have to say, for me, I, I liked it. I like to find out the true best team, and I think to do that, the the sport and league that does that the best is the NBA, mm-hmm. um, because I think when you play a seven game series each round. Um, you know, there's no flukes. Uh, right. Of course, injuries can happen, what have you. We saw that last year, but ultimately that's a part of the game. And I yep. think if you really want to find out who the true best team is, uh, the NBA does it the best. Um, right, right. You know, baseball, they, they have the one-game plan and the five five in the division round now. Um, so for me, it's the NBA. What about you? JB, I love the NBA, NFL, and MLB playoffs. And as you said earlier, college football is clearly out of the equation with the most sure. subje- with the most subjective champion in all of sports. But nothing, in my opinion, compares to the unpredictability, superstar discovering, edge of your seat nature, and execution of the big dance. We talk about March Madness, the NCAA mm. tournament. JB. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Honestly, it's probably the one thing that the NCAA actually gets right. <laughs> you think yeah. about it. You know, from from games being played in neutral sites to smaller schools having an opportunity on the grand stage to the buzzer beaters, the upsets and constant excitement. JB, the NCAA tournament is it. I love the winner go home concept, uh, seeing all the different styles of basketball and watching teams, you know, have to adjust to different styles and account for unfamiliar opponents. Uh, Coaches, you know, they got to step outside their comfort zone a lot, too just because they're playing a team that they've never played before and players have to as well and big time guys gotta shine knowing that today could be the end of your season and you know speaking of shining the one shining moment at the end of the tourney i love watching that jb i love march Absolutely. madness yeah i do too you can't go wrong with that those one and done it does have a it does feel a bit more exciting like the nfl playoffs you know right one game and you're right. done but right uh, I but, think but from but from the perspective that both. you yeah but right but from the perspective that you brought up about you know sometimes the best team doesn't win right yep. like if you're if, yep. if that's if that's big for you then i could understand why 
the NCAA attorney wouldn't be number one on your list. But, you know, to me, that's part of it. And I, I think that's also why I like it, because, you know, we, we're Americans like we naturally going to root for the underdogs. But I love rooting mm. for the underdogs. But the one time it sucks, JB, is when your team is that super high seed. And yeah. you see that underdog hanging with them, and you know everybody's rooting for them. You're like, oh man, because your, your team's in a lose-lose situation. They're expected yep. to, they're expected to win, but they got the whole arena rooting for the underdog team. So, oh, yeah, man. I think back to that UC Nevada game a few years back. Man, yep, that that's definitely horrendous. one of them. Oh, definitely. that was. I wanted to bury my head in the sand. Yeah, and, and my Boilermakers have been in that situation a bunch of times. I think back in 1996, they were the number one seed, but we got pushed mm. out west, and they were playing Western Carolina in the first round. They almost mm. beat my boys as the 16th seed, almost, you know. So, man, I That's love good. it. I love right. it, JB. Well, it is that time of the week. Uh, it's time for some no-nos. No-nos. Let's do it, JB. All right, so we'll set this up. We got a question for Inno. Um, it's going to be sports-related typically. Again, I encourage uh, any feedback or ideas for questions you would like to see Inno answer. After that, we're going to give Inno a team to name as many players as he can in a minute. We'll put him in on the clock. Current record right now, 17. Okay. And then lastly, we'll do a name that player where I'll give some obscure facts and things about about this former athlete and see how long it takes Inno to get them. So, firstly, is that a word? Is firstly a word? It is. Um, I think it goes in Inno and JB's dictionary. There we go. Firstly. Um, so, we've discussed on a previous show uh, the importance and the difference of coaching versus talent when it comes mm -hmm. to football and how in the NFL, um, you know, really coaching takes precedent, and in mm -hmm. college football, typically it's the talent that wins out. Um, how do you feel that uh, ties in when it comes to basketball? Yeah, absolutely. I kind of view basketball uh, kind of the opposite, just because your scheme is everything in college basketball. You know, when you're a... Mm -hmm. Thinking back to the NCAA tournament, when you're one of those lower-seeded teams and you don't, you know, in your big man 6'8", six, 6'9", six, you know you're playing the team the seven, with, with the 7'1", seven, 7'2", seven, big, or your wings are not super athletic, minimally skilled, you really have to play and commit to a certain style if you're going to hang in that game, whether it's slowing it down, whether it's, you know, trying to trade threes for twos, understanding that you're going to have to hit about 10 to 12 threes, whether it's playing a defensive scheme like a zone and forcing the other team into shooting a lot of jump shots, kind of slowing them down with a one, two, two, three quarter court pressure. You know, in college basketball, coaching is huge. It's everything yeah. in college basketball when you get in, especially when you get into those, you know, win or go home scenarios as opposed to the NBA. Come on, JB. We all know how it is. The teams with the top-notch talent, the teams with the superstars, the teams with the LeBron Jameses and the Stephen Currys, they're going to be there year in and year out. You know, granted, you know, injury happens, craziness, but, you know, it, <laughs> a lot of coaches in the NBA are lame duck. Let's be honest. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mean to go here, JB, but I got to. When we talk about what happened, uh, you know, uh, a few days ago with Frank Vogel, 
having mm-hmm. to get permission to bench Russell Westbrook. Like, are you yeah. kidding me, JB? Come on, man. Yeah, the head the coach. coach had to get permission. You know who he got permission from, JB? You already mm-hmm. know. Yep. LeBron James. Yep. So, absolutely. It's a, it, a, a great question. I would say it's pretty much the opposite. Yep, I agree. Um, and it's funny that you talked about that. And it's funny that, I, that, that this question was posed because in deciding what team to ask you about, I get, maybe I subconsciously <clears throat> did this, but okay. I think I picked maybe the one team in the history of the NBA that uh, actually would go against what, what you just said. Okay. Um, we're going to do... Uh, today, you're going to name players from the 2003-2004 NBA Finals. That would be the L.A. Lakers and the Detroit Pistons. How do you feel about that? Man, we can, we, can, we can definitely get some of them guys. All right. All right. I got a minute on the clock, and you can start. Oh, I had two minutes. And go. All righty. I'll start off with the Lakers. Gary Payton. Carl Malone, Shaq, Kobe, uh, Rick Fox had to be on there. Derek Fisher. Was Luke Walton in the NBA yet? I can't remember if Luke he Walton was, was on in the there. NBA. Okay. Um, can't think of nobody else off the top of there. Maybe Glenn Rice. Was he still on there? He All was right. not. We'll start, we'll start getting Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshaun Prince, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. I remember that starting five like yesterday. Corliss Williamson yep. was a six-man he was big nasty by the way uh let me see oh lindsey hunter was a backup guard he was <sighs> can't really think yeah. of nobody else You're on that 14. team yeah i think that's where it's gonna end uh, uh let's see um yeah that's it all right man that's solid though i thought you might get it i'm gonna run through some you might be you might be a little beat yourself up a bit here dang who'd i miss um when you hear him all right so the pistons on the bench uh you had Eldon Campbell. You had yeah. Hubert oh, Davis. I, I might have said Eldon Campbell was on the Lakers. <laughs> right. Uh, Mike Mike James. Oh, he was uh, solid. Yeah, Mike James. Milicic was on that team. How about Darko. Bobby Sura? Yeah, Bob Sura? They sure did on the bench. Wow. Uh, and then for the Lakers, yeah. you got most of the guys. Brian yeah. Cook. Uh, no, okay. Horace yeah. Grant. Horace Grant was on the Lakers? Yeah, he was. I dang, that's one I shouldn't have missed. How about he Devin was, George? Devin George, he was a good bench player. And yeah. my boy, forgotten man Kareem Rush. Dang, Missouri Tigers. Yeah, he was a stud there. Okay, dang. but that's excellent, excellent job. I like that uh, mixing it up, getting some basketball no love doubt, in there. No that doubt, was a great no idea. That was, so. that was actually a solid one. Okay, all right, we're gonna do some name that player, and uh, we're gonna go with a former basketball player. That's the okay. theme here today. Uh, this man listed at seven foot, two hundred and forty pounds. He was an eleven-time NBA All-Star. Only made the first team All-NBA once. Six-time All-NBA second team and three-time NBA All-Defensive second team. He was the Rookie of the Year in 1986. His All-NBA first team was 1990. NCAA champion in 1984 and most outstanding player that. Oh, year. that's Patrick. That's Patrick. Hey, Ewing. there it is. I was, I was seeing how far I could go without naming. No, he's teams, one of the, so. he's one of those guys who you know if he didn't have those knee injuries because yeah. of that size and whatnot, man. Patrick Ewing was really skilled, man. 
He was. He you could know, shoot. He, was a really he had a player. 15 to 18 foot jump shot. Had a face up um, game. You know, mm -hmm. he had a really good game. And it's you know it's sad how his career kind of it kind of just went downhill right when those knee injuries happened. He just kind of was a slow big man after that. But he had a lot of great years though. He did. Those Knicks teams, man, they were tough. Yeah, no doubt about that. Well, that was uh, that was fun, man. It was a good um, one, JB. Excellent show today. Absolutely. And uh, as always, we are not only grateful, but um, very appreciative of feedback. And you guys continue to support and listen. Uh, hit us up at no.jb.sportspedigree at gmail.com. Again, check out the Instagram and TikTok and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely, JB. All right, guys, take care, and uh, we'll see you. We'll see you next week. Talk to y'all later. Check it. We keep pushing forward when the lights dim. The flame still burns when the night ends. So it's time to get animated promptly. My passion's connotated as anger. Wrongly, since I'm as real as it gets, I won't take that. Might spew a couple of words I won't take back. I'll be the thug who seems to bring charm. Check my skin in the U.S. I'm seen as that regardless. Dyson and harmless. Emblematic guinea pigs. Submit to control all the people in the city did. Silly kids only listen to that. Extreme.